Welcome to the KML Messcast. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. It's so goddamn rude. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello? You play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of your favorite podcast. It's, of course, the Camel Mess Cast. I'm your host, Maine, here again to bring you a recap of what happened in week one. We're Now we're into it. Now we have a little more to talk about than we did last week. Uh, we're into it after a week. We can get a little bit more uh, you know, thoughts on what exactly is going on, what happened last week, look at some trades and transactions that went down, and, of course, have another special call-in guest. Uh, first things first, though. I have a little bit of an announcement to make, and I'm going to toast myself on this one, so go ahead and crack those beers, take a little sip. Ugh, that's good shit right there. I want everybody to know that Camo Messcast is now officially available on Spotify, so if that's the way you like to listen to your podcast, go ahead and head over there and uh, pick it up, give us a like, give us a subscribe, whatever else you do on Spotify, I don't really know because I haven't looked into it that hard, but I do know you can find it on there, so just a little APB letting everybody know. It is available on Spotify. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the recaps. Weekly recap. Uh, uh. All right, diving right in here. Weekly recaps. Last week, uh, boy, we'll get this right out of the way first. Some things were said. Some things were said about a certain person's team the viceless did not think he would keep it close against their kbgs yours truly's um but the ghosts unfortunately they didn't have a bad week they actually outperformed their projection they scored 114 unfortunately the viceless came out to play ended up putting up 144 on them so what i thought was going to be a romp in the park uh a 40 point win ended up being almost a 40 point loss so, anyway, let's just move on from that. The Vices moved to 1-0. Cabo goes down to 0-1. Next up, Chalupa Batman absolutely dominated the Saquon blockchain. 122-71. to Yes, you heard that right. 71 was almost the lowest score on the week, except we had one that was lower, which we'll get to in a second. So, Chalupa Batman 1-0. Saquon blockchain 0-1. Next up, Jared C. Limbach took care of business. 137-88.5 to over the straight bums homie. No problems there at all. Next up, reading Dwayne Bow in Sexy Lexi, the keg watch, uh, not the keg watch game of the week. This was the game of the week, and wouldn't you know it, they came out to play. It was exciting. Sexy Lexi had a bunch of guys go late, and he ends up pulling out a late victory, 117 to 109. So that was a great matchup. Lived up to the billing in its prime time slot. Next up, 112. Uh, to 104, that is fighting for 11, getting past Gordon Lucko. Uh, Vitaly starts his reign, uh, his defense of uh, his title with a nice win out of the blocks over Gordon Lucko. And then finally, the last game that we had, uh, Captain Skurve, 101.4 over Team 88, 70.84. And if, if that wasn't bad enough, got some more bad news, lost Marlon Mack, lost Michael Thomas <clears throat> to injury, and it looks like they're going to be at, well, Mack might, his career might be done, but Thomas looks like he's going to be at least out a couple weeks and then probably limping through the rest of the season, so his stock is definitely on the decline. So, 
Quick look at standings here. Just trying to get you a lay of the land after one week. In first place, we got the Vice List, followed up by Jared C. Limbaugh, Chalupa Batman. They round out the top three. Four, five, six is Sexy Lexi fighting for 11 and Captain Scurve. Then on the outside of the playoffs looking in is led by Cabo Ghost at seven, Reading Dwaynebo at eight, Gordon Lucko at nine, Straight Bums Homie at 10, and then the basement of Saquon Blockchain and Team 88 at 11 and 12. That about wraps things up. <clears throat> I mean, just kind of a quick overview here. Uh, Viceless had a great week, of course, scored 143. And boy, I mean, right off the bat, Saquon Blockchain, Team 88, only scoring just over 70 points, which is not going to get it done in a half-point PPR, and uh, putting themselves behind the eight ball in the points for category. But we'll see if they can have a better week this week. Uh, let's go ahead and check out some trades and transactions to see if there's anything of note that happened this week. Trades and transactions. Give me a second to pull this up because... I need to kind of see what happened here. I don't know. There was some stuff that went down. Um, we're going to talk about it real quick, but let me see if I can... Where where, where the hell do I need to go here? Hold on. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, the wheels are... Recent... Okay, everybody, I got a recent activity. We got it clicked. Let's take a look here. Uh, I need to scroll back here to last Thursday. Okay, there really wasn't a whole lot going on uh, this week, early in the week. Everybody, I think, kind of locked their teams in from trades and then kind of sat, stood pat for a while to see what was going to happen. Um, we had a little bit of a baby trade here on Thursday. Jared C. Limbaugh trading Henry Ruggs and CeeDee Lamb for Jarvis Landry. That's kind of a hoosh gives a shit trade, but I do like that side a little bit better for uh, Wingus getting the two uh, lottery tickets of Ruggs and Lamb. That was before Ruggs actually got hurt, so we'll see. I have not checked to see what his injury status is, but still, uh, just keep an eye on that. Then we're going into... Uh, what do we got here? Well, coming up into high noon, we had a hot high noon. And those for you, uh, if you're just joining the program, high noon, we do our, our fab processing where everybody puts in a blind bid on players and then those bids process at noon uh, today. So noon on Wednesday, you get high noon and uh, you get to see what everybody bid, which is kind of fun because then people overspend on people and we get to make fun of them and any chance to talk shit is a welcome chance to talk shit. Uh, out of the people who got added, really the only people of consequence was you need to know that Scott spent all his fab picking up Peyton Barber and Sammy Watkins for $50 and $43 respectively. Uh, I believe there was no other bids. There might have been one other $0 bid on Peyton Barber, but that was pretty much just overpay all the way around. But you knew it was going to happen after Thursday night when Sammy Watkins did his usual Sammy Watkins week one heroics. And uh, Scott fell victim to him again, especially with the Michael Thomas tilt that he is currently experiencing. So he got those two guys. Uh, everybody else is pretty low, low end ads here. Uh, some defenses. Cardinals defense ended up being pretty hot, going to Saquon Blockchain for zero dollars, but he got it on the uh, on the tiebreaker. And then finally, the only trade that we really had happened just a few few hours ago, a few short hours ago, is between Jared C. Limbuck and yours truly, the Cabo Ghost. Cabo Ghost trading George Kittle, Jared Cook, and DJ Shark Jr. for Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, and Julian Edelman. Too early to tell who won this trade, in my opinion, because there's a couple things. From my point of view, I can't speak to Jared. Who knows what he's thinking? But from my point of view, I had to get off the Kittle train. I don't like Jimmy G to begin with. And I also just don't see, you know, he's got a bulky knee now. He's got, he tweaked his knee. I think that's the thing that could linger. I just didn't like how that was kind of lining up. I love DJ Shark, although I'm not unhappy to be rid of anything Jaguars related, which is what I've done. And uh, who else did I give up? Oh, Jared Cook. Jared Cook should be good this week, uh, especially with Michael Thomas out. I see him getting more uh, targets from Drew Brees. So I think Jared's going to be just fine with that trade. But for me, had to get out of there. I hate Julian Edelman, and he can't get off my team fast enough. Just kind of an APB out to the league. That's the second time I said APB for some reason. But just letting everybody know, if anybody needs Julian Edelman on their team or just wants him for the, for uh, you know, they can watch some Cam Newton, do some Cam Newton stuff around him, 
let me know. We'll make a trade and we'll get it taken care of quick. Okay. That wraps up the uh, summary of what happened and we looked at some trades and transactions. So now we're going to get into our call in guest and it's a very special guest. I think you'll all enjoy him very much and uh, let's give him a call, see if he picks up. Hold on. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can get this fool on the phone. Hello, this is Matt. Mr. Matt Williams, this is your host, Maine, and you're now on the Cabo Messcast Live. I would like to thank you for calling in and joining us this fine evening. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I thought it was important to have you on this week for, well, for one, we're best friends, but secondly, for a whole variety of reasons, um, I would like to lead off if you allow me a second to, to kind of just get something out of the way, get something off my chest that's been bothering me ever since last mess cast, if you wouldn't mind. You know, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, okay. I know where this is going. You think so? I don't want it. I don't deserve it. I think we leave the past in the past and we move on. Well, hold on. I have, hold on. See, I have some music queued up that I would like to play behind this next section here, and I feel it's important not only for for our friendship, but also for my my moral code, for my okay. ethics, for to allow me to sleep at night. I would like to I'd like to apologize to you from the bottom of my heart. I I was wrong. I was wrong to say those mean things about your team. I was wrong to say that you you out Jared Jared at the draft. I was wrong to think that your team was going to struggle to score 100 points. And I was wrong to think that I was going to beat you by 40. And for those things, I'm deeply sorry. I will never underestimate your team uh, to your face again the rest of the year. And uh, <laughs> I think it's important that I get you off that off my chest. <laughs> so, I like that you add in to my face. Like... I'm just going to blow past that one. Like, I didn't notice that, huh? No, okay, I mean, hey, hey I, that's my apology. We've gotten that out of the way. Um, so now I think we can move on, both with clear hearts, clear heads, and uh, empty ball sacks. But let's talk about your team. I want to talk, how did you feel about your team last week? You, you really showed up. You scored the high points in the league, I think, by a, a fair margin. Let me hold on. Let me check the standings right here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you scored 10 more than Jared or six more than Jared, whatever. But still, you were up there. 143. How'd it feel? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, obviously, getting a win is huge in this league. We got a lot of great people involved in this league, and obviously, you know, taking on somebody like yourself and and getting that victory week one—that's um, huge. Uh, certain one and oh, it, it's good. Feels good. Um, I think everybody in this league knows that I've had a monkey on my back until last year of not being able to get to the seventh win. So getting one early, um, I don't take that for granted. Uh, I'm also not naive to think that my team is going to put up 140 every week from here on out. So I feel good about week one. There's room for improvement. There's different areas that need focus. And mm-hmm. and hopefully we can shore up some of those things the next few weeks and, uh, you know, eliminate some of the variables that are still out there right now for my team that, that need help. And uh, keep the ball rolling and get, uh, you know, hopefully go 2-0 and to start. I mean, that'd be be big for me and then uh you know see where we're at in a few weeks and start hunting down the playoffs 
Yeah, like I mean, getting that first win's huge. You get all you got to do after you get that first win out of the way is go 500, and you're not you're not guaranteed playoffs. But a lot of weird things would have to happen for you to get seven wins and not not get in unless you're Chris Rogers, which you always seem to lose on a tie break some way or another. So getting that first <laughs> win, right? yes, getting that first win is very important. And getting that out of the way, so I think that's great. Uh, what do you think about the other leagues in the team? Anybody kind of popping out to you? What are your takeaways from week one? Yeah, I think it was interesting. I mean, there was uh, there was a couple guys that just went off, and I, it happens every year. I mean. I think the perfect example is uh, Sammy Watkins. I think he literally did the exact same thing week one last year Mm -hmm. and then completely fizzled. Mm -hmm. So I think the hard part with week one is you have such a small sample size that you get these knee-jerk reactions like my team's incredible or my team's terrible and you start scrambling one way or the other and you get comfortable if your team did great or you start panicking if your team did terrible but you got to get at least four or five weeks of sample size before you can really get a feel for how your guys are doing, what your team's feeling out to be. You're going to have injuries, and there's honestly probably as many this year as any year, especially fantasy relevant um, in week one. So I think you know, kind of shoring up some of those and making sure you got a deep bench, deep roster, and 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 seeing where everything's at. I mean, there's some great teams. I mean, I, this is not a knock on Jared, but to see up towards the score great i mean vocalized last week that he's changed his game plan he's doing things differently he won't be a little bit more competitive this year than he's been in the past mm-hmm. uh, i think it's great uh, there's some other teams that you know like you got like a mike wingus that is all over the place right now but we're always going to figure it out and find his path so we got to wait and see if that's week two week three week four and then he hits a run and starts going and there's a lot of teams out there that are like that that could hit a run and just kind of take off and get three, four in a row, and all of a sudden they're in a really good spot. So, so. it seems like you're not wanting to do any knee-jerk reactions. Kind of let it ride for at least one, maybe two more weeks, uh, and then before you want to, you want to try to shuffle things around and make a big move. Okay, good th- good. I think, in, in my <laughs> opinion, I think you have to. Uh, you have... Go ahead. Hello? No, I was going to say, I think you have to. I mean, I don't think you can. Yeah, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We got babies yeah, I, crying in the background. We got shit, shit going on. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we talked about that. We talked about how the league's going. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about before we get into making some picks? Now, I, I want to let you know that your your counterpart last week and Jared C. Limbach went two and four. So you guys, the the guests are already uh, two games back of me in the, in the pick category. So you're gonna have to kind of make up for it this week. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take this moment to thank you oh. for doing this. Uh, I. I've been on the back end of this and seen what goes into it. Um, obviously not the full production value. You handle all that stuff, but I've seen it. I've been a part of the podcast in the past and I effort and work to, to and it doesn't just happen overnight. So I, I want to thank you for doing this. I want to thank you for everything you've done to commit to this league. And uh, I really appreciate you repeatedly doing this week in and week out. Oh, thank you so much. That almost makes me feel a little bit worse about knocking your ass out of playoffs come week 10. No, what it would be, week 12? <laughs> week 12? No. Yeah, 12. So when we play okay. again in week 12, I am going to absolutely dominate you, and I hope it's in a position that I knock you out of playoffs. But I do appreciate the kind words, and it will make me feel a little bit worse about doing it when the time comes around. But I have that date circled on my calendar as a revenge game, just letting you know. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and get into some picks, huh? Yeah, love it. Let's Picks go. And predictions. Oh boy. Okay. Picks and predictions. 
Let's see who we want to talk about first. Now, I've got a couple games set as the Keg Watch Game of the Week, and, and uh, we'll get to a little bit down the road here. But the first one I think we need to talk to each other about. Uh, let me see. Hold on a second. Let me, let, me pull up the, let me pull up the screen I want to look at here. So the first one... Yeah, the first one I want to talk about is the Sexy Lexi going up against Team 88. Sexy Lexi 1-0, Team 88 0-1. Projected points in this one, 109.6 for Sexy Lexi, 95 for Team 88. So he's behind the eight ball, still searching for a way to replace the Marlon Mack and Michael Thomas holes. Now, looking at this all-time record, Scott versus Turo. Turo, this is actually surprising. It's one of the more lopsided matchups we have in the league remaining. Uh, Turo, six games to one over Scott. So Scott has some... Some stuff to make wow. up here. Yeah, I know. I was surprised, too, when I looked that up. Wow. So let's take a look at this matchup and see what we got going on here. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, boy. That's not the button I wanted. Hey, you know, here at the Mess Cast, we are a one-take Mess Cast, so you just got to kind of roll with the punches here and uh, get to the screens you want to get to on the fly. Okay. We are good. Quarterback position, Sexy Lexi, Ben Roethlisberger, very bold choice. You know, he, I don't know if he realizes how old Ben Roethlisberger really is, but he's starting him going up against Patrick Mahomes for Team 88. I don't think there's much discussion here. What do you think? No, I mean, it's obviously votes for Patrick Mahomes. Um, the only thing that I have to say about this is I don't know if you saw the comments that Ben Roethlisberger made this week I did about not. how he felt after the game. Uh, it was something about a train wreck immediately afterwards, like having been in a train wreck. Monday was like being in a car accident and he was hoping that today he would feel like he was just fell off his bike <laughs> or something along those lines. So, okay. I think that, you know, he's obviously feeling the pain. He's getting old. Yes. Um, he kind of, I mean, he's not quite to the Tom Brady status, but I mean, he's getting up there. He's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a solid quarterback, but I mean, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that he stands a chance in, in beating him out head to head. Yeah, no question. Pat Mahomes takes the cake on this one. Running backs, we got Derrick Henry and Ronald Jones Jr. going up against Nick Chubb and Peyton Barber. That's Turo, formerly 88, uh, whatever the other one is. Was it former? I don't know. Anyway, Henry and Jones for Sexy Lexi, Chubb and Barber for Team 88. The newly acquired Peyton Barber filling in for the injured Marlon Mack. Which side do we like? Uh, I'm still going to stick with Turo on this one. Uh, I think Derrick Henry, I mean, he got 35 touches, I think, week one. Mm-hmm. When a guy's getting 35 touches, he's going to see points. Um, I like Nick Chubb. I do not like Cleveland's offense. Oh, God. Me so neither. I think until they they prove to me that they can do something, I think that he's going to be uh 8 to 12 point kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's – I guess that you're hoping for 8 to 12 points at this point because I don't feel like they're getting much else. You know, the other two guys are kind of interesting to me. Ronald Jones, I didn't know what to expect with Tampa Bay's backfield. It looked like he kind of took the lead in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Barber, Washington, same sort of thing. I didn't really know what to expect week one. And again, sample size is so small, it's hard to say that either one of those guys is going to continue to be the number one. Mm-hmm. It may be a hot hand kind of situation. But I'd rather have the Ronald Jones side with Tampa Bay than have the Washington offense at this point. So I'm going to go with Henry and Jones – over Chubb and Barber. Those are my thoughts exactly. I, you know, another thing with Chubb, too, I actually looked at him today for maybe trying to make a trade uh, when Michael Thomas news broke, see if there's something there. And, and I had him in a couple trades thinking about it, but then I was like, man, I just don't like that whole Kareem Hunt aspect that's going on there, too, because I feel like, well, Correct. first of all, I just hate yeah. all, everything all Browns because Baker looks like an absolute train wreck, like he's going to be benched by week six. But uh, I just don't, I just, they just don't, something about that team feels bad. Has, has for over a year now, and it continues to feel bad, and I just don't want any part of it. So, yeah, I'm punting on that, and yeah, I'm going Henry and Jones for sure. 
Uh, wide receiver position, yep. we got Adam Thielen and the surprising, at least to me, Juju Smith-Schuster going up against Amari Cooper and Larry Fitzgerald. Again, I think this one favors Turo. What do you think? I agree. Uh, the only thing that stuck out to me today is that Smith-Schuster showed up on the injury report. Oh, They said it may be a maintenance kind of thing where he just took a day off, just trying to keep him healthy. Uh, and, you know, Based off the ESPN things, I think I like Cooper more than Thielen. I like Smith-Schuster more than Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. I think combined, Turo has better because I don't think there's a huge gap between Cooper and Thielen. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's enough that you're going to get out of Cooper to make a difference. You know, Larry Fitz at this point, I, everyone's very big on Arizona's offense mm-hmm. going into the season, thinking Kyler, this is going to be his year, like, you know, year two, come in and start really taking ownership. He did okay week one. I didn't see anything that jumped off the paper that said he's going to be a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson type of quarterback. So until he gets to that point and really starts utilizing his wide receiver too, mm-hmm. I think Larry Fitz is kind of in a tough spot at I this agree. point. So. Yeah, I mean, what Hopkins have, like 14 targets and 12 catches or I mean, something yeah. crazy or something, 16 Hopkins and 14 an or something? Day, yeah, it was ridiculous. But Larry Fitz just, I think, I don't think he's to the point where he's utilizing his wide receiver two as much as he should. He doesn't have so. to right now. Yeah, but we'll see how right. that works out. But yeah, I agree with you. Thielen Schmistuster, I think, takes the easy side on that. Uh, tight end Zach Ertz for Turo going up against Jonu Smith, the Tennessee tight end for Team 88. Yeah, I mean, Ertz to me, it, the name alone just jumps out saying that he should be the top guy. Last week was kind of confusing to me with Goddard getting the touchdowns. Um, I don't know what to expect moving forward if that was a fluke game or if it's going to be a true two tight end set and goal line and, and Goddard's the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that, that hurts Ertz big time if he's not the go-to guy on the goal line because you know that's what you expect from a tight end, at least one touchdown, or at least you hope to get a, a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see enough of Tennessee's game to know if Smith really did much to produce. I still lean towards Ertz in this one, mm-hmm. assuming that he's going to take a little bit more of the – the touches this game than than Goddard did last game. So. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Ertz has some contract situation. I think he's kind of unhappy there in Philly right now, but still, I mean, you got to go Ertz until he shows you something different. So I'm, I'm happy with Absolutely. that. This is kind of surprising. Jonathan Smith outscored Zach Ertz last week, 11.6 to 9.3, but I'm still not scared. I still like Ertz, and I still go that side of the coin. Flex position, Mike Evans for Turo going up against Sammy Watkins. There he is. <laughs> this is. I just love this happening exactly the same way last year. Watkins goes big. Scott spends a bunch of money on him, starts him, and then it sinks his team for the next, like, three weeks. So here we go. So Sammy Sammy Watkins in the flex position. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love Kansas City's offense. Uh, the nuances that, I mean, the formations, the the movement pre-snap, they do some incredible things. Um, I, d- I don't know if I believe in Sammy Watkins. I mean, give me five games of being relevant, and I'll start believing. Uh, at this point, I think he's just a one-off. He was the guy that game. Mm-hmm. They were double-covering Tyreek and Kelsey, and they worried about the run because they couldn't stop anything in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it opened up everything in the passing game. You know, I don't know if the Chargers are really that much better of a defense. I guess we'll we'll find out. But uh, as long as Mike Evans is healthy, which I think he's suffering from a hamstring and was kind of a game-time decision last week, I'm assuming he's still in the same position this week. Mm-hmm. I would assume Mike Evans is going. If Mike Evans goes, I, I'm leaning that way. For sure. Me too. Uh, and then we got uh, Titans and Zing Gonzalez for Sexy Lexi. Titans are going up against Jacksonville. And then Team 88 has 49ers and Robbie Gold. 49ers going up against the Jets. So actually, it's pretty good strong matches for each defense, but we don't really care. So uh, we'll just go ahead and move right past those. What do you think in overall? Who do you have taking this game? Yeah, I see Turo ended up 2-0 after this week. Um, I think the line's pretty close. 
You know, there's obviously some variables here. Like, the line's not close. It's 15 points. No, no, I mean, I mean, the line is pretty accurate. I oh, say. yeah, yeah, not yeah. There you it's go. Close. Like, it's, <laughs> okay, it's pretty God. accurate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, we went through these picks, and I think we sided with Turo on almost everything. So I don't see a way, even if one of Turo's guys doesn't hit this week, he's got enough people enough big names that are going to hit that are going to push him over the edge. So I agree. Turo's winning. Let's go ahead and get on to the next pick. Uh, this one. <laughs> Got <he. laughs> Got <he. laughs> All right. Our next game that I want to talk about is Jared C. Limbach. Traveling to Chalupa Batman, Jared C. Limbach, 1-0. Chalupa Batman, 1-0. This is the second place versus the third place team. Both guys coming off a big win. All-time record on this one. Actually, hold on. Let me get to the line first. Line on this one favoring Jared C. Limbach by roughly about 7. 110.8 to 103.6. All-time record, Jared versus Bill. Bill holding the edge. Seven wins, five losses. At the quarterback position. Hold on a second. What am I looking at? Hold on, my oh, technical difficulties left and right. Are you, are, the ESPN app has been a nightmare tonight. I was looking oh. at matchups earlier, and it kept pulling up other people's rosters. Yeah, hold on a second. Yeah, what the hell's it doing? Oh, here we go. I had, to, I had to keep closing out and going back, so. Oh, okay, hold on, hold on. Technical difficulties. Yeah, I started pulling up and just looking at quarterback Ben Roethlisberger again. Nobody likes that. No. See, this is why you do one take. It's a very high, if we have high production value here, we really put a lot of time into prep, making sure everything works smoothly. All right, scoreboard, week two. We're looking for the Jared C. Limbach. There he is, box score, clicking. All right, let's see if this works. We're loading. There we go. Okay, now we got the right players up here. Quarterback position, Drew Brees for Jared C. Limbach going up against Carson Wentz for Chalupa Batman. Yeah, I... I gotta go with Breeze. Um, Wentz, I think, had a from what I've seen and what I read about him, I didn't see a ton of the game, but it sounded like he had a good start to the game. But the pass rush from Washington got him, which is kind of surprising. I mean, obviously, Chase Young is the new guy in Washington, and obviously, he looked great week one. Mm-hmm. Wentz has historically been a, a, a viceless guy. Yes, he I, has. I, I was him. surprised. I thought you were sure you were going to walk out this year with him, and you didn't get him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just he's not doing it for me this year. I, I didn't like what I saw from the stat line. And again, it's kind of like Kansas City's offense until you can prove that you can stop New Orleans. I'm going to go with Drew Brees. I agree. I'm on the same side with you. Drew Brees it is because Carson Wentz just comes and, comes and goes. He seems to disappear at times, and I don't like that at all. So Drew Brees is my pick. Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs for Jared C. Limbach, maybe one of the best running back tandems in the league. No offense. Going up against Chalupa Batman, uh, who has Kenyon Drake and Jordan Howard. Yuck. Yeah, so this is an easy one. I mean, McCaffrey and Jacobs. Um, Jacobs did more than I thought week one. Mm-hmm. I at this point I'm going to continue to assume that he's going to do that, get in the touchdowns. Um, McCaffrey's obviously the number one guy. I have never been a Drake guy. Never. Uh, yeah. Never. And the Miami backfield with Howard just seems like a nightmare. Awful. Uh, uh, at this point, like I don't even quite honestly, I'm, I'm looking down at his roster. 
um, to figure out how he's even starting at this point. I know, yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he took him out. I think he started last week, but I'm not sure if you can start him over Howard. Um, you got to, yeah, right? You got to start Swift over Howard. I don't know. I mean, that's a tough call. I mean, God, it's thin at running back. <laughs> I had no idea. I can't remember if it was during this draft or another one of my drafts. At one point in time, there was three Detroit running backs in the next like 10 picks like based on ESPN <laughs> I'm like if you could be in a worse place yeah. to get a running back to have three guys ranked within 10 spots of each other as available players it just it's a mess yeah. um, back to Howard I, I don't believe in Miami at this point nope uh, I think eventually going to go to Tua which will change things mm-hmm. maybe open things up a little bit more until Tua gets the starting gig mm-hmm. man I, I nothing with Miami excites me at this point I, I'd stay away from the completely Hundred percent McCaffrey and Jacobs. Me too. I'm in the exact same boat. Uh, wide receivers: Stephon Diggs, G- the newly acquired DJ Shark for Jersey Limbach on against Devonte Adams and Jamison Crowder for Chalupa Batman. And this is a little bit confusing because his flex position he has DeAndre Hopkins, so it's not as bad as it looks. But I know the fancy pros people have that like auto thing that makes it look a little bit weird. But anyway, wide receiver alone: Stephon Diggs, DJ Shark going up against Devonte Adams and Jamison Crowder. I guess. Hold on, let's do it this way. We're gonna do wide receivers and flex. So basically, he's got Diggs, Shark, and Lamb. Landry for Jared going up against Adams, Crowder, and Hopkins for Bill. Yeah, this is an easy one for me, too. I'm leaning Bill heavy on this one. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams had a huge week one. Hopkins had a huge week one. And mm-hmm. even Crowder had a huge week one. Yep. I mean, if anybody on the Jets is going to get points, it looks like it's going to be Crowder at this point, especially with Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously going to – I mean, I don't know. That offense is a train wreck as well. But I guess if you're going to have one player for the Jets right now, Crowder seems to be the guy. Might as well. Uh, so I'm leaning heavy towards Bill on the wide receiver flex combination. Um, Landry is one of those guys that I feel like will catch, you know, 10 passes and one week it'll be worth 20 points and the next <laughs> week it will be worth, you know, eight points. Exactly. And, and, and Diggs in Buffalo, great week one. I just, I don't know if he's enough to carry through. I like Shark a lot too. I think he had a great end of the year last year. Mm-hmm. But I just, man, when you're going up against Hopkins, Adams, and Crowder at this point, I just don't think you have much ground to stand on. I totally agree. Yeah, I like Bill's side of the equation. Really really just going zero RB right now for Bill, if, if you kind of look at <laughs> yeah. his squad. Uh, tight end position, the newly acquired George Kittle. Questionable going up against Darren Waller. I like this matchup, actually. Yeah, same. Um, you know, ESPN has it about two points difference. Obviously, Kittle, they're saying at this point, is going to be limited in practice, if practicing at all, all week. I think he goes. It's going to be a, a game-time decision. Yeah. I, I mean, Kittle's basically like a caveman, right? Like, that guy is only meant to play football. <laughs> exactly. I find it hard to believe that he's not going to show up on Sunday and play. Mm-hmm. Got to lean towards Kittle. Yep. After watching a little bit of the San Francisco game, I didn't see much with their offense as far as receivers go outside of Kittle. Yeah, so nothing. I think that he's he's still the go-to guy. Yep. Um, so I think I give him the, the nod on that one. I do too. Uh, it's a tough one though. I, and really to me, it just comes down to defenses more than anything. I mean, Kittle gets to go against the Jets who are an absolute dumpster fire. Look like they're going to go 0-16 and, and Waller gets New Orleans who has some good continuity and has better defense. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going, if it was neutral and they're going up against the same defense, I think I might lean Waller all things considered just with Kittle's health right now. But since Kittle's got the much better defensive matchup and all his wide receivers are hurt, I uh, like that side a lot better for uh, Jared. And then defense, Patriots, and zero line for Jared. Patriots going up against Seattle, which is an interesting decision. And then uh, Jules Batman get the Bears against the Giants and Chris Boswell. Overall, who are you feeling on this one? Uh, I'm going to stick with the high hand and Jared Limbach. Um, I just think that, you know, Bill's lack of running backs is is going to show its its 
ugly head this week. Mm-hmm. I think that McCaffrey and Jacobs significantly outscore Drake and Howard. I think Dig, Shark, and Landry are relevant enough um, hovering around that 10-point range just to stay in the game. Uh, who knows what you're getting out of Devontae Adams and Hopkins, assuming they have huge weeks as well. But yep. I just don't think it's enough to make up for Drake and Howard. I agree. I'm, I'm in the same exact boat. I think I basically for me, Jared's floor is a lot higher than Bill's. Like I just don't see Adams having another 35 points. I'm not even sure if I see Watkins having another 22 points. And I definitely don't see Crowder getting another 20 plus points. So I mean, just between both three guys, you're already going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. And I just don't see where he gets the, the big pop off. Out of somebody, he's gonna need he's gonna need to find points somewhere, and I just don't see him this week. So yeah, I'm going Jared. Got that locked in as well, and um, I think we're ready to move on to the next game. These nuts, Gotti, Gotti. We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. All right. Next game up, Straight Bums Homie traveling to Reading Dwayne Bow. First off, let's see if I can get this roster to load. I can't, so I got to close out and just open the whole thing again. While I do that, let's talk about all-time records between these two guys. Um, well, now I'm doing a lot of things at once, so give me a second. Boy, that is annoying, ESPN. You're killing me. I would have opened up multiple screens at once if I knew this was going to be a thing, but now... We gotta do it this way. Okay, so scoreboard, and then we come over here. Straight bums, homie. Where is he? Right here. Box score. Okay, am I gonna get the right roster this time? Here we go. Okay, I got it. Straight bums, homie. The lottery ticket of the league. He's a uh, 0-1, looking for his first win. A couple of winless teams here. Reed and Dwayne Bowe, 0-1 as well. 10th place versus 8th place, respectively. Uh, let's see what we got here. We got projected points for Straight Bums Homie, only 92.5. That's got to be lowest in the league. Going up against Reading Dwayne Bow, 110.3. That's line of 17.8 points in favor of Reading Dwayne Bow. All-time record here, Wingus versus Rogers. Wingus holds the Eds, 6 games to 5. And it looks like it might change after this week, but let's dive in and see what we've got going on here. Quarterback position, Straight Bums Homie, Kyler Murray going up against Josh Allen for Reading Dwayne Bo, I'm curious to hear what you think about this matchup. Boy, I, I looked at this one earlier, and I've gone back and forth on both sides. ESPN has it like less than a point difference, mm-hmm. and I would say that's I'm, I'm right on par with that. I don't I don't really know. Um, Jared Allen going against Miami, Murray going against Washington. They both have favorable matchups, so you can't even take that into account. Um, I honestly don't know. I, I think it's a, a tie for a me. Toss up, okay. I think Jared Allen gets the rushing yards. Mm-hmm. You know, the the variable here is if he gets a rushing touchdown. So you think um, Jared? Do you think Josh Allen will have more rushing yards than Kyler Murray this week? Yes. Oh, should we should we wager? No. Okay. <laughs> I know. You put me on the spot, and I had to make a decision. I would say yes. I'm I not like to put any money on that one. No, I, I kind of agree too. I feel like Josh Allen's a little bit more prone to pull it down. You know, he doesn't have as, as good a wide receiver weapons, and those rushing yards are huge for quarterbacks. Kind of gives you good good floor for them. So you're you're leaning. You're, we're saying it's a toss up between the two. I'm in the same boat too. I think it's kind of a toss up. I think I might lean. I might lean Murray just a little bit because I, I think I trust him more overall, but that that's not to say that I have a full confidence that Murray could outscore. So we're going to call it a toss-up. Uh, running back position, straight bumps homie Chris Carson, Malcolm Brown, going up against Joe Mixon and Zeke Elliott. Yeah, this one's easy for me. Reading Dwayne Bow all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Carson's good. 
the I Malcolm worry about Brown. Carson. Have you have you heard? Did you see all his like snap counts and stuff? It doesn't look good for Carson. He's, I, I he's splitting. Not. Oh, it's not good. He's he's splitting a lot more than was expected and stuff. It's anyway. Well, it's not it's not good. That doesn't really change my stance. I still yeah. leaning heavy mix for sure. Elliott. For sure, yeah, um, mix and Elliott. You know, with with Malcolm Brown, he was an interesting one this week because I think in a lot of leagues he was a hot waiver wire pickup. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. if Wingus already had him or not. Uh, but to me, that's a three-headed monster in that backfield. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like they solved it week one. So I think you're going to go back to, you know, a hot hand kind of situation with the Rams. Um, I, I don't like Brown at all. Zeke's going to get as many touches as he wants. Uh, and I think Mixon, they're going to start leaning heavy on, take a little pressure off of Burroughs, mm-hmm. especially on a Thursday night game, run the ball, open things up for Burroughs, let him shine a little bit in a primetime game. I totally agree. And I, I think uh... – yeah, just to kind of circle back on this, I didn't talk about that in the transaction section, but there was a small trade, a little baby trade. Uh, Malcolm Brown for James White uh, was the vice back and forth on that, and I don't know which side of that I like, so I don't want to talk about it. Um, I'm agree with you. I mean, Zeke Elliott mixing, you got to pick that side of the equation here. Wide receivers, couple lottery tickets, CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf going up against Tyler Lockett and Keenan Allen. Interesting here. Do we want to go ahead and include flex on this one too, since they're both flex and wide receivers? Yeah, we might as well. That's probably not a bad way to do that. Uh, Henry Ruggs for Wingus going up against Marvin Jones Jr. for reading Dwayne Bowe. Yeah, I mean, on, on paper, Lockett, Keenan Allen, and Jones seem like the safer bet. Mm-hmm. I, Wingus loves his rookies. He does. And I made I made a note here that if Wingus wants to have a chance in this game, CD and Ruggs have to show up. Totally agree. And, I mean, DK Metcalf's going to get a long ball or two or five or whatever it ends up being. Um, you know, who knows? If he finds the end zone, that obviously makes a huge swing for him. Mm-hmm. Lockett's going to get a ton of, of looks. Keenan Allen's going to get a ton of looks. And Marvin Jones, I mean, we all know that Detroit's going to throw the shit out of the ball mm-hmm. because they don't know who the hell the running back is at this point. So it all just comes down to whether or not Ruggs and CD Lamb become relevant this week and, and put up a, a big number. Mm-hmm. If they don't, I think Wingus is in a whole lot of trouble. Totally agree. I feel like this is a matchup where you're going to see Rodgers combined out of those three guys get like, whatever, like 40 receptions. But Wingus is going to get 20 receptions out of his three guys. And it's like, can those 20 receptions turn into like three long touchdowns or something like that? You know, but I think obviously the receptions are going to come from reading Dwinbo. That way I like the floor a little bit better, a safer play, reading Dwinbo all the way for me as well. Tight end position, Dallas Godert. I don't know if it's French or not, but Godert going up against uh, Hunter Henry. Again, safer bet, Hunter Henry. Um, what really? I just noticed you think is, so? You think so? Yeah. That's an interesting I mean, the, comment. Well, the only thing I, I dislike about ratings, Wayne Bow, is that you have a wide receiver and tight end that are going to be competing for those catches. So I, I don't necessarily like that. I mean, obviously, I think Hunter Henry is a, a very good tight end. I, I just – Those Tyrod Taylor targets, you know he likes to sling it. Well, my thing with um, Goddard is like, it, was that a fluke? Yeah, I feel like this happens every year with him too. Like he's been relevant for the past, I don't know, year or two with mm-hmm. fantasy that he's been the number two guy in Philly. And it's mostly because Ertz has been hurt. Obviously week one, Ertz was playing. Goddard still got the higher number, but I think they both had a pretty decent day. So I don't think it's much of a margin between the two, but if I'm having to pick between them, I'm saying Henry. I think so too. That's kind of the way I, I lean. Actually, you know what? I might lean the other side. 
Not that I say I might leave Dallas because I think there might be a change in the guard going on there in Philly. I think Ertz isn't happy. I think Godair's kind of showing that the the team that Ertz is dispense uh, disposable. So I kind of like Dallas on that side of things. That's just me. I'm not real high on the on the Chargers right now. Uh, defense. We got Vikings going against Indianapolis and Butker for Wingus, and then we got Steelers against Denver and Ryan Suckup for Reading Dwayne Bo. Uh, I mean, quick snap judgment. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay uh, who do you got winning this game? Uh, it's Rodgers all day. Yeah, me too. I got Rodgers all day. I know that's boring because I'm taking chalk right now. I'm looking for something I can pick, but those are three pretty lopsided matchups to start. So we, we agree on that. Let's go ahead and move on. These nuts. <laughs> Got he. <laughs> Got he. <laughs> I have a very special song playing for this next matchup. You can't hear it, but it's wet. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Just imagine Love that one. in the background. Uh, yeah. This matchup is... I'm going to have to restart this anyway, but it's Viceless. Traveling to Gordon. Lucko. God damn it, I got to restart the fucking page every goddamn time I want to click on a new fucking link. I, I apologize. This is, this is, this should be, uh, I should, I should watch my mouth more on this podcast. This is a family friendly podcast. Moto, you weren't here around earlier uh, when I made my announcement, but I'll just go ahead and share it with you right now. Uh, Camo Messcast now available on Spotify. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if you want to go to Spotify, watch your, get your podcast there. They offer a lot of good uh, options for, you know, changing the speed of the podcast if you need to rip through it, uh, that kind of stuff. But there you go. Now it's on, it's officially on Spotify. Okay, I got you up here. Viceless going up against Gordon Lucko. Viceless 1-0 hot win to start. Gordon Lucko 0-1, cold as ice, uh, ninth place. Projected points in this one, 105.5 for the Viceless going up against 108.4 for Gordon Lucko. So pretty tight matchup. Quite honestly, this was a consideration for game of the week, uh, but just couldn't pull the trigger. I think I had one more matchup that was a little bit better. All-time record between these two guys. Moto, what did you think? You guys have played six times. If you had to guess what your all-time record against Rob is, what would you think? Boy, two and four. Mm-hmm. Nail on the head. You are two wins, four losses against Rob. So this is a great chance for you to try to get that back a little bit more even. Quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to try not to be angry about him, but Aaron Rodgers, the number two ranked quarterback in the league currently, going up against Tom Brady for Gordon Lucko. I know which side of this equation you like. Well, it's it's interesting to me. I was looking at this earlier, um, trying to break down these matchups and trying to be as unbiased as I can be hard, hard to do. It's very hard. Obviously, you know, Rogers, my guy at this point, I'm rolling with him. Um, I would have thought on, on ESPN, this would be a little bit closer than it is. They almost got a three point difference between them. I wasn't impressed with Tom Brady week one. I think the struggle is that it's still Tom Brady. Um, small sample size. Like I've said multiple times now, I'm not saying that he's, not capable of putting up 20 points again. I just, I didn't see 20 points out of him last week. Uh, I, I think he ended up hitting 20. I think Rodgers had a huge week. I don't trust it. I'm actually going to pick Tom Brady. Are you really? What uh, a good reverse jinx. I'm saying that it's not a reverse jinx. There's nothing he said. There's been a lot of talk about the relationship with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And I think Bruce Arians made a statement today, something about we're fine. It's something competitive, some bullshit statement. I think that Tom Brady has come out and hang a number to prove that everything's fine in Tampa and that people need to stop freaking out. It wasn't just, it was a bad week and move on. Kind like of a thing. relax, so I think like an Aaron Rodgers, like relax it, type game. Almost exactly. Yes. Okay. Relax. Okay. Like things are fine in Tampa. It was week one. 
we're working out some kinks. Oh, Tommy's going to be fine. So I, I will side with ESPN on this one that Tom Brady gets a nod. I, I don't know if three points is different. So I was thinking like a one or two point difference. Mm-hmm. Three kind of like hits the mark where I'm like, mm, I don't see it, but I could be wrong. I disagree. Aaron Rodgers all day, every day. I think he's back. And for me right now, Tampa Bay is a complete stay away until somebody shows me something on that offense. I think they they have they have, they have have the stench of this year's Browns. Everybody was on the Browns train preseason, early season last year. Oh, it looks so good. They're going to dominate. And I, I feel like Tampa Bay is a similar situation. And I just worry that's just not going to click the way people, uh, excuse me, want to click. Running back position, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, here we go again with this horse shit. Can I just say Clyde Delaware Hilaire and Alvin Kamara are your two running backs? I'm going to do that. Absolutely. There's your running yeah, back that. situation. And then uh, going up against Aaron Jones and Melvin Gordon, who apparently based on trade talks today with Rob, Melvin Gordon is basically, uh, you know, like a top three running back. Yeah. I, I'm going to side with Edwards Hilaire and Kamara. Absolutely. Uh, for, but I would say the only benefit for Gordon right now is that Philip Lindsay's out. Yeah. But okay. Uh, well, at least... I think he's going to be out. I don't know yeah. if that's official yet or not, but that obviously increases his touches. I'm not really familiar with the Denver backfield, like the depth chart, so I don't know what where it falls beyond Philip Lindsay, if there's somebody else that's relevant that can step into his role and take some touches away from Gordon. But I think his, he's going to see an uptick. Um, I just, I mean, as good as Kansas City looked and as good as New Orleans looked week one, again, it's kind of like a prove-me-wrong thing. Like, mm-hmm. They just looked totally in sync, head and shoulders above a lot of other teams in the NFL of where they were at as far as a team and and game planning and all that stuff. So I would say that, you know, being week two, there's not enough film for anybody to really figure out what their schemes are. So I'm going to stick with New Orleans and Kansas City over Green Bay and Denver. Yeah, I mean, these your two guys, Kamara and CEH, could be on literally any team. They could both be on the Jets, and they'd probably pick them over Aaron Jones and Melvin Gordon. I just, I just, think, that, I just think the talent is that much better than those two guys. For some reason, Aaron Jones just never seems to click. I mean, he gets his touches, especially when he plays the K-Bow Ghost, but for some reason, I don't know. I just don't like Jones. I don't like Gordon. Those, not, those aren't my guys, but CEH and Kamara, in my opinion, are the best running back pair that we have in this league. Wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, Tara McLaurin going up against Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin. Interesting matchup here. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Ridley put up a huge number week one. I'm aware. He comes, he comes back down to earth, I think, a little bit this week. Um, McLaurin didn't put up a huge number. Again, I don't want to knee-jerk reaction on this one and think that you know he's going to be terrible. Washington's offense actually looked better than I expected, and that's not really saying much. I mean, they won, but it wasn't great. Um, the biggest stipulation here is if Godwin even plays. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, they have Godwin as projected for his first practice on Friday or at least needs to practice by Friday to even be in consideration for the weekend. Tyreek Hill, I think, you know, trying to figure out the Kansas City offense, like I don't know where you double cover. Is it Kelsey? Is it Tyreek Hill? Are you going to let some of these other wide receivers, Nicole Hardman and Sammy Watkins, just run free on you? I I don't know how you stop it at this point. Mm -hmm. So I think Tyreek Hill is the best option out of all four of them. If Godwin plays, he's better than both Ridley and McLaurin. Mm. So if both of them are there, I would lean towards Rob. Okay. Um, if the interesting thing is, we'll get into this too when we get to flex. Rob's in an interesting position uh, right now with his wide receivers. Yes, he is. Because the way I see it is that his next best option is AJ Green, who's playing tomorrow night. Oh, you didn't do it. You did it. 
So my question oh. is, if you're, if you're Rob Luck right now, God, that's a good question. do you go ahead and put AJ Green in and hope that you get a Godwin or Galladay for your flex? Or do you roll the dice and hope that you know both oh. of them play? And that's Okay, this is actually, now that you mentioned, this is a great point by you, because looking at looking at Raw's bench, let's just run a scenario here. So you got AJ Green, who's definitely his bench, his best bench wide receiver going on Thursday. Galladay and Godwin could both not go if they yeah. don't go he's got to pick two i guess he doesn't have to pick two because he could pick a uh, who, who is his other flex be not one of these running and that's backs, like hide maybe no that's a great question so like then hide yeah exactly. he's either so basically he's gonna look tate's questionable so tate might not go so yeah. he might be staring down the barrel of having to start two between aj dylan jamal williams deshaun jackson or carlos hyde oh yeah. boy <laughs> yeah, he's in a bad oh spot if both of them are out. So that's why, I mean, in my opinion, if I'm Rob right now, I'm putting AJ Green in the lineup. I don't think, yeah, I think you have to because there's too many question marks. I'm looking at if, the, uh, game times right now to see when, like, uh, hold on, let's see. So Godwin plays, he's early Sunday, one o'clock. Galladay plays early Sunday, one o'clock. So he'll he'll have some time, I guess. So it's better than having, like, a late questionable because all these other guys are all early. So, okay. So he's got to. But when your best available is playing on Thursday, you have to make that decision tomorrow. I mean, that's tomorrow, you know, high noon, unless you believe in somebody in waivers right now. But I I don't see it. I mean, maybe there's somebody out there. But like I said, in my opinion, you have to start AJ Green at this point. Wow. And hope that you get a Godwin or Galladay that plays on Sunday. And just go ahead and and roll them out if they. I see them. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be curious. We've got to keep an eye on this. After a further so review, if, maybe I want to make this game of the week because I want to see what happens here. This is interesting. If I have to pick right now, I mean, assuming everyone's healthy, everyone's playing, I'm leaning towards Hill and Godwin. Yeah. I think that they're better options um, than McLaurin and, and Ridley. But, you know, yeah, I, we just don't know what's going to happen. Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. Anyway, a flex position basically for you is Devin Singletary going up against. And as we've said, who knows for Rob? Could be Galladay, could be Godwin, could be somebody else. He's got to kind of figure it out. Um, I don't even, I don't think we can pick this. I don't think we can pick flex because there's so much unknown with Rob's team right now. Yeah. And that's the hardest part, right? Like, I mean, I'm kind of in this, like not in a similar position, but there's a couple guys that like I, I've obviously targeted ahead of Singletary. I'm not a big believer in Buffalo's backfield right now. Yeah. That it's kind of a mess, and I may I figure that out pretty quickly. So I'd, I'll probably roll out Singletary. I'm not really sure at this point, but I like where I'm at right now mm-hmm. compared to Rob's team overall. Yeah, no shit. Um, but again, if if Godwin and Galladay go, it's a totally different ball game. It'll be interesting what Kelly does to see uh, who she goes with flex or if she starts green tomorrow night. <laughs> I'll be very very curious to see what happens there. Defense, uh, Saints against Las Vegas for you and Prater. Uh, and then for Rob, we got Ravens going to Houston and Mason Crosby. Pretty Well, we, we skipped tight end, by the way. Oh, tight end. I apologize. Yeah, because we moved down to flex. Austin Hooper uh, for you going up against Hayden Hurst for Gordon Lucko. I like this kind of head-to-head guy that got traded for the tradee. Yeah. I think going into the draft, I would pick Hayden Hurst all day. I uh, was not impressed week one. Surprised by the game script, how little he was involved. But I also was not impressed with Austin Hooper. The only upside, and again, I'm a little biased, um, David Njoku's out. So we oh, eliminate okay. one so, tight yeah. end in Cleveland, and now Hooper is on paper the guy. And right? it's fun like to see somebody on Thursday night. That, 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 that's got to play into it a little bit. You get somebody on prime time, you get to keep an eye on them. Absolutely. All right, so overall, who are you liking here? Boy, at, it, at this point, looking at these lineups, assuming everyone's healthy, 
I'm giving Rob the nod. No, oh, the reverse jinx. There's no fucking way Rob wins. You're going to win by 30. Vice, I'm locking it in. That's the first game we've <laughs> we've differed on. I just... Can I, I, can we put an asterisk next to this? Like, can I can I re-vote after we figure out injuries? No, 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 no. We oh. got to pick now. Don't pull some Joel Stein shit where I need to know what I'm you not, need to hey, know. Well, I need to know. <laughs> this is right now gun to your head type type stuff on the mess cast. All right, gun to my head. I'm going me. Fuck it. Oh, he's twitching up, Vice. If you're going Vice, then I'm going to go Gordon Lucko. We're going to go opposite sides here. Actually, I, I'm going to go legit. I think I'll go Gordon Lucko because I, I can see that I can see it happen. I think Tyreek Hill has a big game. I think his wide receivers get going a little bit, and. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't love it. I don't love it. But we'll go. We'll go. Rob, just be uh, be on the different side of something. Okay. Well, that leads us with two games. You know what the next game we're gonna talk about is, don't you? Keg watch. Keg watch. The keg watch game of the week. All right, Keg Watch Game of the Week. I'm going to have to reload this again. Uh, no, it worked. They fixed it. Okay, Keg Watch Game of the Week. Moto, can you guess who it is? Uh, I'm going to say it's the Saquon blockchain versus the Cabo Ghost. Unfortunately, it is. Here we are. We're in the Keg Watch game. Saquon blockchain going to its Cabo Ghost. Both 0-1-1 teams. Blockchain projected for 101.9, Cable Ghost 110.3. That favors the Cable Ghost by 8.4. All-time record between these two idiots. Um, actually, this is surprising. Nope, hold on. Where is he? Joel Main. Joel's got me. Joel's beaten me five games to three over the all-time record here. Not happy about mm -hmm. it. One of the few teams I have a losing record against, and I would like to work on rectifying that if I could. Let's check it out. Uh, quarterback position, Deshaun Watson. Watson gets Baltimore for Joel going up against Russell Wilson versus New England for Maine. Yeah, ESPN's got it favoring Deshaun Watson. I'm going against ESPN. I like Russell Wilson. Me too. I really do. I just think he's going to cook. I think he's good. I think he's going to Russell hustle a bustle. I like him, and uh, I think he just stays hot. He just seems to do it. Did you, hear, did you see like his stat line? Oh, hold on. A quick aside. We did have the number one quarterback versus number two quarterback last week in fantasy, but did you see Russell Wilson's stat line? Like it was like he had like four, he had like three incompletions and four touchdowns. It was like thirty-five yeah, or thirty-nine or something. It was crazy. I mean, he's incredible, and, and I think at this point, like you know, we start looking at these guys. You got to factor in the defense. I like Baltimore's defense Me too. against Houston way more than I like New England's defense. I mean, I didn't. I think New England's better than I expected on the offensive side, but I didn't see much on the defensive side that really stood out. So mm -hmm. yeah, again, for, I, for I me, think I, I I'd rather see. have Russell Wilson going as New England. I agree. And for that New England stuff, kind of overall, I like to your point early about, you know, you got to wait like two, three, four weeks before you really kind of see trends. I'm not, I'm not sold on New England just yet. I want to see another couple weeks before I'm like prepared to say that Cam is like the savior and all that shit. But anyway, uh, I give it to Russell too. I like him a little bit better than Deshaun this week. Running back position, Barkley and Hines going up against Eckler and DJ. Interesting. I mean, I, I guess from a name standpoint, it's interesting. Based off of week one stats, it's not that interesting. It's Eckler and Johnson for me. Um, Really? I think actually, I think Saquon and Hines. Was, wait, hold on. Twenty-three point three nine points. Saquon with a ninety-four, ninety-five point or thirty-five points. Yeah, uh, Hines and Barkley outscored Eckler and Johnson. For yeah, the so Saquon, obviously the biggest name of all of them. 
I mean, just a terrible game. You take away that one catch, he he was awful. awful. I mean, not a knock against him. I don't understand what the Giants are doing with him at this point, and that's <laughs> not a knock against you either. But it's like clearly running the ball inside is not working. No, you got to find a way to get that guy the ball as much as you possibly can. And they just, I don't know. It just seemed like they were not game planning to use him mm-hmm. like they should. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, small sample size, week one, no knee-jerk reactions, all that BS. But Hines, huge week one. Might have. I think it's Hines' best week of the year. I don't think he scores more than 23 points again the rest of the year. I think he does fine, I, but I think he had, <clears throat> just had his best week. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I say I think it's easy for me to pick Eckler and Johnson because I think Hines had this huge week. You know, Minnesota's defense, I think, is going to be better than Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense, so I think, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor takes – a ton of carries. I think it's a totally different game plan. We got embarrassed last week in Jacksonville, so they got to change things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the game plan looks completely different. Um, the only thing that concerns me a little bit with Eckler is the Kansas City aspect. I guess he's a good a pass catcher out of the backfield, so he'll get his touches. One catch I just last don't, week. <clears throat> yeah, Maybe I mean, zero. I don't he's going to have to do something different because I can't imagine they're ever up on Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So I think his role looks a little bit different. But I think I like David Johnson. I mean, the first three quarters, he looked like old David Johnson. I love it. Keep it coming. Fourth quarter, he looked a little slower. Don't worry about it. Uh, but I still like him. I still think. Oh, I it, love it. You know, with Deshaun Watson back there, as long as, um, what's his name? I'm trying to get the wide receiver that always gets hurt in Houston. Kiki Kuti. Um, no, not that guy. Will Fuller. Guy. Will Fuller. As long as Will Fuller's healthy, I think. You know, you still got deep threats, so you can't, you know, pack the box against David Johnson. So, I don't know. For me, I'm still going Eckler and Johnson. Oh, I love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, uh, you know what? Yeah, I am too. I, th- I, I just, I don't know. I like, I like, I think I like my guys a little bit better. I mean, obviously, I love Saquon, but I think I like Eckler Johnson just a little bit better. <clears throat> they do have touch match, tough matchups. Casey Baltimore. It's almost like a toss up for me overall. But I mean, if gun sure. my head, I go Eckler Johnson. Wide receiver position: T. Y. Hilton, Odell Beckham for Joel going up against Julio Jones and D. J. Moore for Maine. Julio Jones has a Q by his name. I do not know why. Let's click and find out. Uh, hamstring. That's always good to see for your wide receiver. All right. Um, okay, he'll be fine. All right. Not a bad hamstring. Just a questionable for today. Yeah. Jones and more for me. Um, didn't love TY week one. I don't even know what his stat line was. I know what I saw. I didn't love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, OBJ was awful. Um, I think we talked about it earlier. Cleveland's was miserable for week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it really gets that much better um, on Thursday night. I, short week, I, I don't know. Um, I'm going Jones more. Yeah, me too. Not close. Um, I'm going to have a hot take here about OBJ. I literally don't think, if he has another bad game Thursday, I don't think he's startable. I think he's bench and possibly waiver wire if he just does. Like, I just don't see it. Him and Baker just seem totally un, like not in sync whatsoever. Like not even close. They don't have the rapport. They don't like each other. A lot of OBJ throwing his hands up when he's open and like you know doesn't get the ball and stuff. So it just looks terrible. I saw this happen in, in New York with before right before they shipped him out. But it's like not even remotely as bad as it's going on right now. I just think he's a total stay away. I don't like what I'm seeing there. So until I see different, I am off that train. Obviously, Jones and Moore is where I'm going. I think Moore turns it up a little bit too as he gets more and more comfortable with Teddy. But he got some targets. Sure. Didn't come he didn't come down with a touchdown pass, so it could have been a lot better. Uh, but anyway, I like my side of the well, coin on that side. 
And I don't know if you saw too. There's a lot of conversations on Monday about OBJ being back in the trading block. Ooh. And <laughs> I mean that conversation happened. I think for nine weeks of the season last year. I, and I think it needs to happen. Here we are, really week do. one, and it's back. Like, I think it needs to. I think he needs out. He needs to go somewhere. Yeah. I think it's over. Anyway, uh, tight end position: Chris Herndon for the Jets, uh, for Saquon Blockchain, and Travis Kelsey, the newly acquired for Cabo Ghost. Nothing to talk about here. Kelsey all day, every day. Absolutely, Kelsey. Uh, flex position. Did you like my trade earlier, by the way? Let's talk about that for a second. What did you think of my trade? Real talk. I, honestly, I, I don't even know how to like interpret it because it seemed like you guys just shift the same players <laughs> between two different teams. And it's, I mean, if you liked, was it Kittle and Kelsey were the big two? Yeah, and then Shark. It was basically Kittle-Kelsey swap. So I think I got the better end of the Kelsey swap, obviously. Because Kittle kind of worried me a little bit. You know, the whole San Francisco thing and the bulky knee. I just kind of didn't didn't want to play that game the rest of the year. I had him last year, too, and he kind of burned me. So, it's, you know, it's a little personal. And then we did, like, sure. a wide receiver swap of, uh, you know, DJ Shark and Edelman, which I fucking hate Edelman, and I love Shark, but I kind of needed to do it to get it done type thing i kind of had a too many good wide receivers i don't mean to like brag about it but i had you know kind of like four guys for three positions type deal sure. and uh and then that we had the tight end swap of olsen and cook which obviously cook is better than olsen but that was more of just to kind of give something jared as a safety blanket in case kittle has to sit for a week which i think cook is going to be good if kittle does sit yeah i mean i'm not shy about it i've been a huge kittle guy for a long time um both of them healthy I think I still favor Kelsey mm-hmm. between the two. For sure. I think Kit, Kittle's more of just like the the off the field, like just caveman, dumbass, like meathead? really like to watch him. Meathead? Um, Would you call him a meathead? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Meathead. Okay, yeah. Absolutely meathead. Yeah, you're a type of person. I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, the okay. other stuff is just kind of fluff. So I, I guess you just kind of swap tight ends. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, uh, well, what do we got? Flex. Manuel Sanders for blockchain. This is Manuel Sanders without Michael Thomas. So really New Orleans is number one receiver going up against Cooper Cup for the Ghosts. Interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, boy, I think I'm picking Sanders. Moving along. Uh, defense. <laughs> <laughs> you, you disagree? You're, you're I love Co- I'm. I think I'm, I think I'm all in on Cooper Cup. I think I punched this, my I'm ticket not, for I'm the year. I'm not setting you up for failure here. What did Cooper Cup do week one? Not a whole lot, but it wasn't in the GAN script. I just, I don't know. I just, I just think it's there. I think, and I think, I like kind of like the Rams. I kind of like the Rams, and I think that uh, there'll be a little bit more throwing than there was last week against Philadelphia. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm, and plus I'm a homework for Cup. I can, I, I can like feel it happening. Like little by little, I'm not happy about it, but I think Cup might be kind of like a guy that I'm irrational about, and I think he might okay. be just my 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 flex for like the year type thing. Anyway, okay. uh, so I'm I'm leaning Cup on that. Defense is the newly acquired Cardinals against Washington and uh, Young Ho Koo uh, for Joel going up against Chiefs. Got to go against the Chargers and Justin Tucker. And for the record, I always hate having a defense that's going against uh, like a player, like one of my main players, but of course it's unavoidable sometimes. So I have cheese going against chargers and Justin Tucker. Uh, which other coin you like here? I mean, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I, I, I like Chiefs Cardinals, and Tucker. I guess. Well, fuck you. I like chiefs and, Car- and Tucker, uh, overall who you got. Hmm. Fuck. I think about it. You suck. I'm siding with the Cabo Ghosts. Thank you. Let's move on. That, that Saquon blockchain, he doesn't listen to this anyway. It's an awful team. It's a horrible team. He's got one I mean, guy. You take you take Saquon Barkley off this team, and it's Deshaun Watson and nothing else. He's got Watson and Barkley, and that's it. But his one guy was terrible week one. Horrible. And that's why he scored 70 points. Yeah. Even so, if yeah. even if even if he had a 40-point game, he's still breaking. He's still getting barely to 100. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's Cabo. I, I can't go. I, I feel bad. We've now picked five games, four out of five games the same, but I can't do it. I mean, it's been a lot of lopsided. But let's get to this uh, game of the week because I think this might be a little bit more interesting to talk about. Let's do it. Behold, you sons of bitches. It's the KML Game of the Week. Okay. Here we go. Game of the Week. The battle of the 1-0 teams fighting 4-11. Vitaly going up against Captain's Curve 1-0. It's going to be very interesting. And this is, like I said, I thought your game might be game of the week. I really did, but Gordon Lucko was 0-1, so I couldn't really give it. I want to give a couple couple undefeated teams, and I actually really like this matchup. This is, a, this is a matchup that's going to tell us something about both these teams. So I'm curious to see how this goes. Vitaly uh, projected for 113 to minus 109 effectively. So basically the line favors of Vitaly by just under 5 points, 4.8. All-time record between these two guys, uh, Vitaly versus Minot. Vitaly has the slight edge, six games to five. Quarterback position, Vitaly has Dak Prescott going up against Captain Scurves, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm going Lamar Jackson. Uh, Houston's defense was very underwhelming. Again, going against Kansas City is maybe not the best judge because I think their offense is on a different level, but... Mm -hmm. They did nothing to prove to me they could stop any sort of run game, let alone Lamar Jackson coming out of the backfield. So I'm picking Lamar Jackson all day. Me too. I think you got to. I just, I do like, I mean, I hate the Cowboys, but I do like Dak overall season. Um, but Lamar, I mean, how can you, you can't pick against Lamar until he's hurt or something. So anyway, Lamar Jackson. Interesting here, though. Running back position, Jonathan Taylor and Kareem Hunt. Well, oh, God damn, these fucking fantasy pro guys. All right, so we got basically three running backs versus three running backs. Taylor Hunt and Miles Sanders going up against Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley, and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I'm going Scurve. Um, I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. Wow, I don't the quick like fire Scurve. Hunt, okay. And I hate Miles Sanders. More personal thing than anything, but mm -hmm. I'd rather have Mostert, Gurley, and Cook. Um, Gurley actually looked better than I expected week he one. He did. He did. Cook looks pretty solid. He got his contract worked out, so we're fine there. And then he got Mostert going against the Jets. Oh, that's a good I'll point. take that all day. Yeah, uh, good point. Miles Sanders, underwhelming for me. Haven't seen him yet this season. First game I for mean, him. I mean, just in general, he's underwhelming. Not even anything with this season. Obviously, he hasn't played yet. Cream Hunt, like you're playing a RB2 on a team as your running back to. I mean, sure, I guess it depends sure. on how you look at it. Sure. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. I think he's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. um, I think he keeps pace with probably Gurley at this point, mm -hmm. looking at the matchups. I think that Cook and Mostert outscore Hunt and, and Sanders. Where do you think so, Jonathan Taylor ends the year? RB what? Mm. Top 10? 7? 5? I was going to say top 15. Oh, um, okay. So fringe RB1, low RB1, high RB2 is where you're kind of you're sitting. Yeah, right somewhere in that range. I... I I guess the thing for me is I, I didn't like his usage in week one. Uh, but Mac's hurt now. That's the whole thing. Right. So that's why it's hard to judge, right? Like, But Mac got hurt early in the game. So he was good. They've obviously said like, since then that he's going to be utilized more, obviously, because Mac's out. But like, what does that look like? You know, Are they actually going to run the damn ball a lot more mm. like they've talked about for two years? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to try to put the ball in Philly Rivers' hands and watch him throw picks? <laughs> Philly. I like Philly. <laughs> 
Philly's dead to me. Oh, Philly is week one. Dead to you already. Give, okay. Give me Jacoby. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> like, give me Eason. I don't, I'll take either one at this point. I'd rather see Eason throw fucking interceptions and learn and then watch Philip Rivers throw away a game. So You okay? Me. You need a moment? Brissette and blue over Rivers and white? Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. That's fine. I'm back. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, running back position, we just talked about that. Wide receiver position, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson the second, going up against Marquise Brown and Michael Gallup. Yeah, Woods looked legit. Robinson looked legit. I'm leaning that way all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's pretty. And especially Robinson seems happy now after his whole like social media debacle, whatever was going on with there. I do love Marquise Brown, and I don't hate Michael Gallup. But, um, yeah, I think you got to go Woods and Robinson there. Tight end position, Mark Andrews going up against Logan Thomas. Some guy named Logan Thomas for Washington. Pretty easy here. Yeah, Andrews all day. All day, every day. Big advantage for Vitaly there for Andrews. And then you get down to the defenses. Bills get Miami and Will Lutz for Vitaly. And then for Captain Scurvy, he's got the Colts traveling to Minnesota in Kaimi going against Baltimore. Uh, nobody really cares there, but I do kind of like the Bills going against Miami because Miami seems... Although Miami gets, can, can be surprisingly tough in division for some reason. So who knows there, but who really cares? Who who do you got? I'm, this is an interesting pick. I'm really curious to see who you pick here. I'm going to tell you right now, whoever you pick, I'm going the opposite side because for me, it's a coin flip. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same position. I I think you did a great job of making this game of the week. Um, it's kind of the tale of two story. I mean, for me, Dak and, and Lamar, they stay close give the nod to Lamar, uh, give the nod to Minot's running backs, Vitz wide receivers, and tight end. So just because he finds a way to win, I'm taking Vit. All right. You're going Vit. I will go Minot. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here too before we move on. I think the loser of this game goes in like a three-game skid. I think the loser of this Ooh. game is going to be in... I don't even know who they play, but I just think that this is one of those matchups because I look at both these ga- these teams and they're solid teams, but I, they also look fragile to me for some reason. I can't explain it. They just look fragile to me and I see if one of these teams, whatever team loses, is going to start skidding just a little bit and it's going to be look a lot different three weeks from now than they do currently. Mark it down and we'll come back and see what it looks like there. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our final thoughts here. Final thoughts. All right, Mr. Moto. Do you have any final thoughts here? You know, I don't even want a background music here. I just want to know what your final thoughts are heading into week two. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I'm in a good spot. The vices are ready. I feel like I've had the best team I've had in a couple of years. And I'm very excited. I think the league is very tight at this point. Pass um, out of Joel, he's terrible. Uh, other than that, I think there's about nine, ten teams that have a legit shot of making playoff runs here. And it's going to be interesting how this all shakes out in the next couple of weeks. Um, and the guys that the fringe guys right now, you got like a wingus hanging out there. That's going to make moves. He's made some already. He's going to continue to make them. He's going to find somebody to hit and, and ride him out for a while. So I think that the league is probably as competitive as I've ever seen at this point. Look at you go. Yeah, I'm going to be curious too. I think for my final thoughts, our week two is going to bring a couple of 0-2 teams. Uh, just by the mathematics, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. I think 0-2 is going to be, make people pucker up just a little bit maybe start losing some grease up and uh, getting some things moving around. It's going to be very interesting. Let's go ahead and get into our haiku. The haiku this week... I didn't want to go too crazy, but um, kind of is a little bit of an homage to... Is it homage or homage? 
I don't know. Whatever it is. Anyway, whatever it is, a little bit of a homage to one of our teams that was almost the low score of the week. Um, even although his guys were all healthy, the only team that scored less than him. Two of the people got hurt, or one of the people got hurt, and uh, this one's to him. <clears throat> this haiku <clears throat> is untitled. Week two of matchups. Some teams score fantasy points. Too bad heart doesn't count. That wraps it up for this week of the Camel Mess Cast. Mr. Moto, thank you so, so much for joining us. It was a pleasure as always. I can't wait until coronavirus dies down so we can do some more in-person stuff. Or maybe we'll do some outdoor ones. We can do we could pop-up tent. We'll do some outdoor ones. Get you in person sometime. I'm sure you'll Love be back that. on at some point throughout the season. I've got your picks this week. We'll see how we do. See if you can get back up there. Uh, two and four for the guests. Four and two for Maine. And uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy. Good luck this week, everybody. And uh, have a great week, guys. Good luck, buddy. All right, have a good night. Great cash, homie.